What's up, everybody? Back in the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Is that the us. new intro? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. sing songy, uh, uh, like it was. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I should really be intentional on how I use my words <laughs> speaking that. Man, that's, I think e- that's a beautiful well, thing. Well, I say lot word when little word do trick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're going to. Ready. Yeah, he's been thinking about that. <laughs> it just came to me. Maybe that was a word from the you're Lord. going to see world Go see or world? see the world. <laughs> <laughs> office jokes. We've been off our office game lately. Yeah, yeah we started strong. Yeah. Well, I feel like once it left Netflix, ago. we weren't all watching it con- this all is continuously. Fair. I so watched an episode probably a week frequent. still. Okay. Yeah, On Apple TV, I bought it. It's funny. I uh, should do that. Yeah. Speaking but, of that's what she said jokes, we should probably get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say one. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's edgy. That's an edgy start. <laughs> okay, people. Here is my question. When it comes to words... What is your favorite? <laughs> a favorite word. Yep. <laughs> you expect me to go first? Sure. Oh, you're both looking at we me. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, I I don't know if this is really my favorite word, but it's the first one that came to mind. Is the word baloney? Because it's just spelled weird. Bologna? Yeah, it's not pronounced how it's spelled. I know it's a different language. I could get behind that, though. Just a weird word. And like... Bologna? What is bologna? It's just weird. It's a mixture of so, meats. Yeah, so I, well, it together, I, kind of. Yeah, there's, like, I'm getting technically everything. what's called original bologna, but it's it's a breakfast sausage from the deer that I shot. Oh, and so oh, like, but it, they call it bologna based off how they're grinding it. Because it's just all the I'd things stop, that wouldn't be cut into kinda, other types of meat. meat. It's not it's well, like yeah, grossness. Yeah. It's like the hot dog of sandwich meat. Yeah, but it's not a bunch of random things. It's still just it's still the meat. It's just not the meat that gets cut into something. Yeah. That, like right. there's specific cuts based on where the meat's located Something. on the That's body. It. I'm calling an audible. We're spending the rest of the podcast talking about bologna. <laughs> We're talking about bologna. Meats grinding. <laughs> the bologna of faith. Cuts on the a cow. The bologna of faith. <laughs> <laughs> Your spiritual bologna. <laughs> oh, that's not, see, that's negative connotation. Okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Ed, I, think, I think just based off volume and how often I say it, it's probably aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just say it a lot. Mm-hmm. Can you use it in a sentence? Yeah, man. You're being really <laughs> aggressive right now. That's good. I like that. No, but like, or even, and I use it mostly in positive context, mm-hmm. I think. It's probably, it's both. But yeah. if something's like huge or big, I'll say aggressive instead of another word. Big. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yes. That's good. That's good. That's All good. right. I would say my favorite word is probably palindromes. But not the word palindromes, the things that are palindromes, <laughs> like race car. That would become good. That's so awesome. Here. And I, I don't even know if I can do another one. Um, what are other palindromes? Oh, it's a word or phrase. They can it's go a forward. word, phrase, or sentence that reads the same backward and forward. I'm just letting people know. Yeah. But, oh, man, that's so cool. Like race car. Like if your name was a palindrome, oh, mm, that would be awesome. Be Let's think of it. Like one. Anna. Dang, or like good. mom. Yeah. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Look, Ben's a palindrome. I'm a palindrome. That's what I've wanted to hear my whole life. <laughs> now that you know our favorite words, I, I hope you have your own favorite word or your list of least favorite words. That's probably easier to do. Yeah. But in that, there is something in words that we're going to transition here, and it's going to be kind of stark. But there's an incredible importance to words that when we speak, there's something more than just making sound. Like, I know that sounds like I'm even underselling what most people would probably say communication is, but there's some level of, like, just the animal nature of being a human that we can, there can be a school of thought that what we speak is just, it's just sounds and syllables. Hmm. It's just a way we communicate. It's just how we interact with people. 
But when we look through the biblical text, when we look through the Christian life, the example of Jesus and the commands of God, we see that words hold incredible value, that that value is the way we interact with God and with people. And that can have, because there's such value in that, that words can have great effect and they can also have a really hard damaging effect. And so in the midst of all of that and the importance that is our words, we want to have a conversation just so you start to reflect a little bit on the biblical ideas of why words are so important, but also how you use words and ways you can change using your words, ways you can tweak it, and whatever that means for you. So we're going to start with this first topic, and that's the idea of the power of words. So one of you two want to dive in there? Yeah, we'll look immediately into scripture because we follow Jesus and it's his word. So that's where we're going to go. And you look at a book in the Old Testament called Proverbs, and it's a part of what we know as the wisdom literature. And it's sayings for us to be able to help us know, okay, how do we interact with people? Just good, wise sayings on good pieces of advice on how to live. They're not necessarily promises, but it's, hey, if you want to lead toward a biblical, healthy, wise life, follow these types of sayings. Like these things that are good for you or recognize that there's truths in what is being said through the Proverbs. So there's multiple examples. One, uh, Proverbs 11, 9 says, evil words destroy one's friends, wise discernment rescues the godly. So just even there, there's power in words because evil words have the ability to destroy one's friends. Proverbs 15, 4, gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue though crushes the spirit. And it's not a middle ground. There's on the, both ends of, of the spectrum. Proverbs 16, 24, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so there's, yeah, there's no middle ground here. It's either they bring life and they bring death. They have the power to be able to do a lot of really good things in interpersonal relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. So there's already even warning in that about how they, what they do and, and how they're used. Otherwise, the, another way that it shows just the power of words is when we look at the Genesis account. In the very beginning, God created. That's what we know God to do. That's what we know him to be as creator. And when we look at the way he created, it says he spoke creation into existence. Now, can I understand and intellectually wrap my mind around the idea of God speaking creation? No, that doesn't make any sense to me, but I trust that the word is true and I trust that that's how God has created. And so in that, there's something about the way he chose to create that he didn't just like snap his fingers. He didn't draw it out. They didn't talk about him forming it with his hands. He spoke it. And when he spoke, something happened and the world was created and the universe that we know it was created, that we were created through his spoken word And when we look, take that a step further, at how God created us, he created us in his image. And so the the power and the the ruling that God has, the characteristics and the nature that God has, he's created that in us. He's made us in his image to replicate that. Now, what I don't want you to get from this is that you can speak and create (laughs) things. But what I do want you to understand is because you've been created in the image of God, you hold the same weight and power in your words, just not in the exact same way. And and here's what's beautiful about that. How we find like strength and even hope in God's word, the scripture, our words give the ability to give strength and hope. Like how are the promises that we see God written down and when we hear them over us bring encouragement, we can bring that same ability of encouragement to other people. It's like... And that's, I think, a beautiful way of how we're creating his image yeah. mm-hmm. to be able to use, like, your words can do something, mm-hmm. yes, negative, but also something incredibly powerful. So they mean something. They're, I yeah. love how you said yeah. that there's weight well, to them. Like, well, and God spoke really physical good. life. He spoke, 
like actual tangible touch life, but your words also speak life. Yes. That's what mm-hmm. it means to be created yeah. in the image of God. But to be created in a corrupted, broken image of God mm-hmm. is which what we do without Jesus is to speak death. It's to yeah. do exactly the opposite of what we're created to do. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, what's another one that kind of gives a little bit of power to God's words? Yeah, is that um, if you look in the book of John and John 1, Jesus is described as the word. Um, and so... It's kind of a hard thing to understand, but it's that Jesus is this physical embodiment of of God and how God chooses to describe himself and communicate to us. And so words describe, they communicate, and through that Jesus describes and he communicates a principle, or not a principle, but who God is um, and who his character is and who he is. Yeah, like Jesus, the yeah. Savior of the world, is mm-hmm. described as the Word. The Word. Like God is not only in his action, but in his teaching and his scripture leading us towards the importance and power of words. That's so good. Yeah. Otherwise, when we, when we look at it, we continue to go around, what do words do or how do they like impact us? Yeah, uh, a lot of different ways. One, uh, from Luke 6, words reveal who we are on the inside. Um Luke 6 says, so there's no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not get, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. So what is within, ultimately, we know and from what scripture says and we've experienced this comes out. Mm-hmm. So if there's evil within what I speak or, you, or not even that, what you know, I speak, how you hear me speak. Yes. How you hear me live, but how I use my words, you'll be able to discern well, what is in my soul? Mm-hmm. What, what are my priorities? Mm-hmm. And yeah. in that it's like, if evil's in my soul, that's what you're going to hear. Yeah. If good mm-hmm. is within my soul, that is what you're going to hear. So what mm-hmm. are like the two different distinctions or categories or camps or whatever language we want to put there that, we can hear come out of people's life mouth. Like if we're going to say this is like positive, good, this is how I can show that they're in life with Jesus, what are they speaking like? Yeah. Or vice versa. Well, I mean, I'm going to go immediately, and we're going to speak of this, I'm going to go building up an encouragement. Hmm. Like I'm going to speak, like I'm going to look at someone, and I look at Jaina, and I'm not going <laughs> to, this sounds terrible, <laughs> like in, in evil, is what I say, in evil, what I'm thinking when I see Jaina is I'm going to point out, how I interpret her actions and I want to think, okay, what's negative about that? Mm. Or if there's giftings in her that I see that I don't have and want, I'm going to speak negatively about what, how I think maybe she operates in those ways. Yeah, it's like but slander, slander yeah. pessimism, right. anger, but, negativity. But in in Jesus, what I'm going to mm. see is like, I'm going to recognize and appreciate that we are made differently in God's image. Like, man, the gift she has that I don't have is beautiful. And actually, not only in that, because of that, how I'm going to speak is like, hey, we need Jaina. I need Jaina in my life because she sees things differently. She speaks ways in ways that are different. She encourages in ways that are different. She leads in ways that are different. And that's good. And so it's a more optim it's not even optimism, and that's just not the right word. It's just seeing the heart of Jesus in other people. It's seeing the Imago Day in other people versus seeing the sin in other people. And that, that plays out differently, but how I speak of someone I think is a real indicator of where I'm at. And I think that mm-hmm. works as a cool check, both externally for others as in as as well as internally for us. So as we look at our relationships and the people we function with, how they speak, what does that tell us about what's in their heart and who they follow and really what they're surrendered to? But also, if you're cognitive enough to recognize or cognizant enough to recognize what you're speaking, like if you keep mm-hmm. under, like recognizing that I speak bad of this person consistently or I complain a lot when I'm in this area or I keep yeah. saying That's these things, yes. like that can be a good check for you. More like what's actually in yep. me Inside. that keeps That's flowing good. out through my words? Yeah. Yep. That's super good. Yeah, it's a good self-check. Beyond... Yeah. 
just what it reveals in us, what else does it do? Yeah, so additionally, the words that we speak direct where we go. So not only that they reveal what's inside of us, but that they give us direction and lead us into things. So if you're looking um, in Scripture in James uh, chapter 3, looking at verses 3 through 6, it reads this, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take a ship as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a, sm- by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Pretty aggressive language. Ooh. <laughs> but that, it just... that is aggressive. Let's unpack that a second. <laughs> yeah, what, what's aggressive. James saying here? Like, what does this text really mean? Like, he's talking about hell and yep. fires and ships and... Mm. Yep. Uh, he's giving three specific examples on the long-lasting effect of our words. Hmm. On, like, mm-hmm. they go further than we realize. Yeah. There's not just an immediate effect in what I say. Uh, if I slander someone or hurt someone, that's not just an immediate thing. They go further than I can ever anticipate or imagine. Mm-hmm. Um and so there's a, yeah, and he just talks about the importance of having control over them. Yeah. That's yeah. the horror, yeah. And, and I, I like when he talks about the, the flesh as evil, it's set on fire by hell, it's an evil part of the body. He's talking about your flesh unsurrendered to the Holy yeah. Spirit. Your mm-hmm. flesh is, a, your, your tongue as a piece of flesh. Like this idea of like your hand apart from the Holy Spirit is evil. That's why Jesus will yeah. tell you to cut it off if it continues to help you. Yeah. So your sin by, your, your tongue by nature is sinful. Yeah. yeah, it brings harm and destruction. Yes. It's what it wants to do in and of itself without the power of the Spirit. But even mm-hmm. when, he, when he's talking about, like we use this in context to talk about it's directing where you go. Like he's talking about the bit of the horse, the, sh- the rudder mm-hmm. of the ship. Like what does he mean there? Yeah, that even the smallest thing can give direction or guidance. And so when we bring our tongues captive in the same way that maybe a brittle would lead a horse or a rudder would steer a ship, that yeah. that can lead us into prosperity into fullness, into the gifts that God has for us. And even just we can be the life-giving to others that we've already talked about. That's great. Yep. Now, what is the command for how we do, how to use our words? Like if these are come, some of the yeah. side effects, the things that it does in us and through us, yeah. what are we supposed to do with these tongues mm. of ours? Uh, Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouth, out of your mouth, but only that which builds up as fits the occasion, so it may give grace to those who hear. And so there's a reality of what you use, do with your words, what comes out of your body uh, is meant to build up the church, which brings back to just the whole idea of Jesus praying in unity. The reason Paul, in, in this even same same section of, of scripture, Paul talks about giftings and how we're supposed to work together. So what you use in your words and how you speak is meant to lift up. And so it's not meant to tear down. And there's... Uh, yeah, even the idea of, of what it says at the end, so that it may gr- give grace to those who hear. Um, I think it's to give grace for them individually of who God says they are, but also in how they are led into thought processes, mm. how they are led into maybe even action. And so it's, if I'm around friends and people who are continually like speaking sarcasm and it's negative sarcasm and it's a sarcasm that is tearing down and not lifting up, I'm going to start... Uh, it's the idea of show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. I'll become like, I'll start think, talking about that. And if I start, I start talking about that, if I'm talking about it, I'm thinking about it. And if I'm dwelling, thinking about it, I usually am dwelling on that. And all of a sudden I'm going down a path that is negative. And so the idea of positivity and giving grace to those who hear 
is how am I yeah, uplifting in a way that helps point them and direct them potentially even down a path that's uplifting, that's closer to Jesus, that's not further away from Jesus. Yeah, I remember a time where I was I was in a car road trip with some people, and these two guys went to church together, and one of them started to talk about a guy who wasn't there, and it wasn't even in a negative light, but it wasn't necessarily in like an overly positive light. It was like one of those middle ground kind of stories where the guy looked a little silly, but it wasn't that big of a deal. And the other guy who was with him checked him, and he said, hey, is that guy here? And is that uplifting? Is that giving grace? And the other dude was like, no, it's not. And he's like, well, let's not talk about that. And to me, I was sitting there as a third party, like, do, 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 like, this is kind (laughs) of awkward. This is weird. Like, I don't really know what's going on there. But they obviously had that relationship built Mm -hmm. where they could check each other. But in that, it gave grace to me that their conversation, the way they use their words, it actually, it stuck with me. I remember it here today and Mm -hmm. it's changed a little bit of what I, what I think and how that can work when I use my words. And so they gave me grace through their experience, which is so good. That's super awesome. What do you guys think about sarcasm or like swearing or dirty jokes or like all these like, like, so that's where it's talking about unwholesome talk, what you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sarcasm's tough for me. I think it is. Because ultimately, it's like, it's, it's the classic Dwight Schrute line of uh, jokes are lies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't like to tell jokes. It's at what point does sarcasm cross a line? Because mm-hmm. I think there, I don't know if maybe it's gray. And maybe I say that because I'm a sarcastic person. Mm. And the way that me and my wife operate a lot of the time, and I, I'm serious. <laughs> mm-hmm. If there was a love language of sarcasm, we would own it. <laughs> because, But it's. There's something that it does in our relationship that it never tears down. Mm-hmm. It's always in in fun and in laughter. And it produces, honestly, it produces a fruit that connects us more. And I can't explain it. But mm-hmm. it's never toward against other people or talking about other people. It's always with and to each other in a lighthearted way that we're just, we're having fun. And mm-hmm. so... And then there's really aggressive sarcasm hmm. that is really, really negative. Passive aggressive. Yeah. Passive. It's, yeah. it's Midwestern. It's Midwestern, <laughs> Midwestern sarcasm. Nice. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> that, so I think, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And then for swearing, I think that's a reality too. It's, uh, this is where we would get like why cussing and swearing isn't a thing within the Christian church right now. And, and, and what we think of how we talk because it seems and it sounds like an is a lot of the time unwholesome talk. Mm. So we lean towards like, well, is that uplifting to the body? Mm. Is that uplifting mm-hmm. to your soul? Is that uplifting to the people who are hearing it? What's the motive behind why you're saying that? Because usually, and in a lot of contexts, it's negative connotation. Yeah. And we've done a Gray Areas podcast. I can't remember yeah. which number it is. Way back in the day. We never back, know the number. Back in the good old days, we did a Gray <laughs> Area podcast. And that kind of goes around this line. You know, like not, all, not necessarily are all of these bad. I mean, I think dirty jokes is probably... Not okay. Yeah. But but like those gray area jokes where it's like, I don't know if this is good or bad or what what to Mm -hmm. do with it. But all of those things, they need to be filtered and they need to have discernment and there needs to be a process of which you you think about it before you say it. Mm -hmm. And where I love where in Ephesians when he jumps in is he says, uh, but only which builds up as fits the occasion. And so there's this beautiful part of even you and Abby's relationship or like I've experienced it in my marriage too (laughs) where there's sometimes you can say you could say one thing and it can be totally sarcastic but based on the occasion in the 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 relationship and the mood and the situation that same thing should not be said (laughs) I'm probably not going to say some things that I've said to Abby and sarcasm that I would say to Brennan oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't handle it well (laughs) we're not there in our relationship we're not there but you know what I mean like 
some of it is not even just the relation yeah. it's just exactly like mood yeah. or like no, that's feeling out fair. the room yeah and so that's that process of discernment yeah. where again does it come back to do i even need to go there yes i think it's mm-hmm. a good question like should i cut that all out in order to best glorify god and build his kingdom well, and it's it's taking into the practice too of this idea of like take your thoughts captive yeah because mm-hmm. honestly your thoughts eventually do come become either mm-hmm. words or actions yeah and so in that it's it's becoming it's taking that practice that's a biblical practice to see okay is this good mm-hmm. yeah yeah, Ephesians four twenty nine yeah. is that verse again. Go look it up. Go memorize it because it's mm-hmm. it's it's super convicting. Yeah. But conviction can lead to life change if if we live it out. And so sit in that, mm-hmm. wrestle with that, see what that means like for you. What are what are some other passages or verses that we would point people to? Yeah, another one that we would throw out is Titus three two, um, which says to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy to all people. And that's just an example of how we use our language. So we, we don't speak evil over anyone. We avoid quarreling that in our conversation with people and the way we use our words, we're gentle and courteous and kind to others. That's good. Yeah. You want to do that one too? While you're sure. Out? Yeah. Another one would be Psalm thirty four thirteen that says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Um, and so some similar themes in the language used there, but to keep, from speaking evil, um, and I like the added emphasis on deceit. Um, it can be easy, easy to to use language that's deceitful or disingenuous and think nothing of it. Um, and so I like that reminder of, like, don't speak deceitfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't lead people astray in the words that you use. That's good. And in that, both of those, there was, like, it was talking about gossip, yeah. quarreling, yeah. Mm-hmm. silly fights, sarcasm, but, yeah. Yeah. deceit, lies, white lies. Like, it's hitting it all mm-hmm. here. Well, and that's what, what's great about the Titus text is there's negative and positive. Yeah. So he says, hey, that. don't mm-hmm. do this. Do Instead. this. Mm-hmm. Like, so how, how do I, how do I, if I'm a quarreling person, <laughs> if, I, if I speak in ways, a lot of times, a lot of really horrid fights that me and Abby have gotten into is not because of what I said, it's how I've said it. Yeah. There's tone so behind some things that like, I'm an ag- aggressive person, <laughs> um, which is another word for passionate in that context. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that doesn't like, and so I don't avoid quarreling because I'm not gentle. Mm. So I, it gets into mm. quarreling because I'm, and I don't want to be divisive, but it becomes divisive mm. because I'm not gentle. So he's given us like, hey, so be courteous. Like you don't want to, you want to know how to not speak evil and not be quarreling, be gentle, yeah. be, cur- be courteous. That's good. What happens if we throw all that out the window and we just say, I'm going to... Our relationships now don't matter? Yeah, nothing matters. I'm just going to use my words how I want. What do you think God will do about that? Something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, at the end of time, I mean, just when Jesus comes back or when we die or however you have your uh, end times theology wrapped Mm. up, there's a reality in what scripture points to is there's a judgment. And we will be judged, not just for actions, but for the words that we say. Matthew 12, 36 says, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for in the day of judgment. And that day of judgment is talked about in 2 Corinthians, where it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Mm -hmm. And so there's judgment. There's a reality. You you will hold an account for Mm -hmm. what you've done, what you've said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that should... There's this idea of fear of the Lord, this reverence, this this I, that that fear, and that should strike a little bit of the fear of the Lord in you, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, I know I have to pay account for everything that I do, yeah. and I hope your motivation's more of love, that I want to love and care for people mm-hmm. and please my Heavenly Father. That's why I don't use mm-hmm. bad language. But also, like, it could be some of this, where it's like, hey, 
Like, I don't want to sit there and have yeah. to hear all of these yeah. things that I spoke and have my father yeah. disappointed in me because yeah. of it. But how do you, how do, you well, do that, that in light of, like, salvation? Well, even... So, this is a separate judgment that's being talked about mm. for believers. Like, the first judgment that happens is a separation of sheep and goats. It gets talked about in Matthew 7. And, and that's the idea of, like, those who've given their life to Jesus and those who haven't. And so those who've given their life to Jesus enter into the kingdom of God. And then there's a second judgment. Mm. And there it's literally, again, judging the actions and words that have been given to us. We're going to hold, hold an account, mm-hmm. but we're not going to be separated from God no matter what has happened in our life because we've given our lives over to Jesus. And I, I was going to say something I forgot what I was going to say. But I think the difference, it's just something that you said, this idea of fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And here's the difference between fear of the Lord in my mind and fear of the world. Mm-hmm. Fear of the world is going to keep me from doing things or saying things out of fear of punishment and what will happen. That's fear of the world. Fear of the Lord is a recognition that I actually have an opportunity to enter into the goodness, kindness, and love of God because of who he is because he's invited me into those things. Mm-hmm. So he's invited me into in in this incredible person who is the creator of all things to experience his goodness and his love for all time. And he's asking me to do these things. So it's a out of a love and which is and a fear of who he is that he's invited me into these things. I want to be gentle mm. and I don't want to be quarrelsome. Fear of the world in my mind would say, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. Mm. So I'm living in a fear of I don't know what's going to happen at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, fear of the Lord is like, I already know what's going to happen at the end. That's good. And so I want to push into what he what he has asked me to do because I want to be obedient because he cares for me. That's yeah. the kindness leads to repentance aspect of and character of our God. And that's the the eternal mindset of understanding that these words will affect us in the future. Mm-hmm. Like in judgment, they'll have a price to pay or they'll have an account to bear. How do words affect us right here, right now? Like how, if we're just going to kind of park the bus, leave the conversation here at the end, like let the people understand a little bit, like how words play a role right now. Well, just mm-hmm. take a moment and a second to think about a time that someone said something really, really kind to you. Like I, I have the, a spiritual gift. I feel like of encouragement. Like I'm, I, I'm, I want to be encouraging to people. I want to mm-hmm. try to be. And encouragement sometimes looks different based off of the relationship I have <laughs> with the person, but it's pulling out in my mind, the the strengths and greatness of who God created that person to be, pulling out the full potential. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it. And so, like, for me, there's been people who've done that really, really well in my life. Every time I, I sit down with Aaron, mm. even because oh, yeah. me, we've had hard conversations, like, where we've had, like, conflict. Mm-hmm. But, like, every time I sit with him, there's always something in there where he says, man, I just really appreciate how you did this and this, like, how you did, like, mm-hmm. and just, like, oh. And that sits with me. Yeah. So, like, every time I see Aaron, it's like, man, I know this guy, this guy's for me and cares mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, that's how words can affect in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Want to flip that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that probably everyone can think of a time when some someone said something <laughs> unkind to them. Yeah. And the impact and the implication that, that that's had on you, whether it's um, been in a moment, an instant, or even like we've talked about the lasting impact of that, of how it uh, rewires even our own thinking of ourselves sometimes or our beliefs about mm. other people or situations. Yeah. So like, yeah, the, the words that we have can have a negative effect impact as well. I tried to say impact and effect at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it can be good and it can also be bad and yeah. we have to keep that in mind. And it's so sucky because it feels like the bad 
are so much easier yeah. to remember. Well, isn't, isn't there a that phrase or something like like there for every one negative thing you say, like it takes ten positive things or something like yeah. that to like yeah. account for? I don't, I don't know. It's don't something know. weird. Something like but it's that. real yeah. because for some the negative things said carry a, a heavier weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember, just do. I remember when I was doing some youth stuff. I had <laughs> I don't remember why I started doing it. <laughs> But every time I heard some kid say something bad about someone else, I made him say three kind things. And <laughs> yeah. it's the funniest thing ever to watch middle schoolers like, try and give uh, a compliment. You got good hair. Yeah. I like your shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, I like you as uh, you. It's like they don't have any idea how to give a compliment. It's hilarious. But it's training them. Yeah. yeah. And it's just that same thing that we're so prone to, to even if it's sarcastically to say mean things and those things can stick. Mm-hmm. They yeah. pinch a little bit and that hurt we can feel and it can stay with us. But yet there's there's beauty and there's healing and there's redemption if we speak well. Yeah, um, yeah words are powerful. They're important. And so this conversation ends at the idea of it's a stewardship conversation. Yeah. And what do we mean by that? <laughs> we are to steward everything that we've been given, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the beginning of creation, God creates Adam and Eve. He gives them some commands. He gives them gifts. He gives them uh, talents, treasures, and time. And we are to steward that. And so because it's a stewardship conversation, you're, and because there's accountability at the end, it's because we'll be held accountable. It's we are to steward well the things that we've been given. We've been given the opportunity to use our words for the uplifting and the building up of the church and each other to be able to look at one another and not just point out what's good or what we like, but to literally uplift and build up to the point of helping them become more like Jesus, helping us become more like Jesus. And so we'll be held accountable. We need to steward that really, really well. And just like steward any, stewarding anything else, we steward our relationships, we steward our time, we steward our finances. Like we need to steward our words well because we've been given to them. Because yeah. it's oh, been yeah. a blessing yeah. to be able to speak. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a blessing and it's one of those things where it's how, how do you use what you've been given? Sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in. I hope you learned a little bit of something about how you can use your words, how to best use your words, and really what the biblical example and command is of our words. There's a lot of importance. There's a lot of weight here. So make sure you take the time to process through this and let God lead you where you need to go. So peace out and thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.